Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, Arrest, Trial, and Defense. Acts chapter 4, verses 1 to 22, Arrest and Trial. The priests and Sadducees, together with the captain and the margin, the ruler of the temple, were grieved at the apostles preaching Jesus. After all, they had brought about his murder, but it had failed to suppress his teaching. Secondly, Peter and John taught Jesus' resurrection, and the Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection. Worse, Peter accused them of murder, and all had to admit the tomb was empty. So about three hours after Peter and John had gone up to the temple at the hour of prayer, they were arrested and put in hold, for it was now eventide, it says. Nothing more could be done until the morrow. The arrest didn't stop the other disciples from preaching. It continued unabated, so that soon 5,000 believed. The next day, Annas, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and priests of the high priest's family came together to find cause to accuse Peter and John. Annas had kept the title of high priest, though his son-in-law Caiaphas now held the office. John was probably Rabbi Johanan ben Zakkai, who was renowned for his wisdom and who had foretold the destruction of the temple from Zechariah 11 verse 1. Alexander Lysimachus was a very rich Jew who gave large gifts to the temple. He was also a friend of King Agrippa. These, with all the council, met to bring the whole weight of the Lord against two Galilean fishermen who refused to be overawed, even though faced by the men who had forced Pilate to crucify their Lord. This was yet another unjust trial. There were no charges made. There had been no law broken. Sentence could only be passed if the apostles could be enticed to speak ill-advisedly. By what power? By what name? These were questions similar to those asked of Jesus in Matthew 21. They were looking for a weakness, an inconsistency in their reply. The priests only knew one power and one name, their own. They asked, have ye done this in contempt? Anyone could see these followers of Jesus were ignorant and unlearned men. Even so, the rulers could not resist the wisdom by which they spake. Their wisdom came from inspired words put into their minds, filled with the Holy Spirit. Had not their Lord promised, but beware of men. For they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak. 
for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father that speaketh in you. Matthew 10 In John 16, Christ had said, When the Comforter is come, it will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more, of judgment because the rulership of this world, this cosmos, is judged. None could deny that the impotent man had been made whole, literally saved, as in Mark 5 verse 34 and 10 verse 52, something which the law could not do. Peter makes it clear that it is unjust to arrest a man for doing a good deed. He turns the tables, and instead of being accused, boldly becomes the accuser himself. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. In other words, healing was by the power and the name Yah shall save, Messiah of Nazareth, whom they rejected, but God accepted. What is more, Jesus Christ is alive. His resurrection is a fact, and the miracle is proof of it. Having so said, Peter puts forward the scriptures to convince or condemn his hearers depending upon their reaction. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner, from Psalm 118, verse 22. The Lord had cited the same passage against them, adding the words, Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you, and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof, in Matthew 21. They had perceived that he spake of them. They had forgotten the incident, and now his disciples had the temerity to continue the insult. The corner is the corner foundation stone from which the rest of the building is measured and constructed. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel had said to Joseph, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Peter emphasizes again that salvation is in his name, and no other, echoing Joel chapter 2 verse 32, as he did at Pentecost. It was boldly done, and the priests and elders marveled and took knowledge that these unlearned and ignorant laymen had been with Jesus. The Lord had thanked his Father that... Thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes, in Matthew 11, verse 25. It is true that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many a noble are called. 
But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It seems that the lame man had been arrested too, and because he stood with them, the rulers could say nothing against it. Obeying God rather than men. So the council conferred amongst themselves, but had to admit that a notable miracle had been done, and they could not deny it. This time there could be no paying off of soldiers to cover up. What could they do to these men? There was no question of guilt or innocence. No charges had been made. Nor was there any thought of surrendering to truth. The rulers were now completely without excuse. Their only question was how to stamp out this preaching in the name. They resorted to threatening, a sure sign of their impotence. And Peter, who had denied his Lord before a servant girl, didn't even flinch. Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. John also wrote of what he had seen and heard of the word of life, and thereby has showed us that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us, John writes in his first epistle, chapter 1, verse 2. Satan desired to have Peter and John, that he may sift them as wheat. But to Peter the Lord had said, I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. It was a different Peter now he was converted, and consistently so. For he also said on a later occasion in chapter 5, verse 29 of Acts, we ought to obey God rather than men. After further threatening, the rulers let them go, because all glorified God for that which was done. We now learn that the healed man was above forty years old, these were the number of days the spies had searched out the land, and consequently the number of years of Israel's probation in the wilderness. It often takes a generation to reveal who is faithful and who is not. Having been released by the council, Peter and John recounted their experience to the Ecclesia, with the result that prayer was made to their Lord which made heaven and earth. Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to 31. Prayer for boldness to preach. The word Lord is despotes, that is, the God of absolute power. You'll see it in Psalms 95 verse 3 and 47 verse 2. He had made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. 
This is a significant phrase in keeping with the need for the psalmist had added to his prayer, which executeth judgment for the oppressed. Psalm 146 verse 6. Jeremiah, that persecuted prophet, had used the phrase in his prayer, adding the words, There is nothing too hard for thee. In Jeremiah 32, verses 16 to 20. The prayer of the assembled ecclesia continued with the words of Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage, and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. This psalm is quoted quite a number of times in the record. It particularly introduces us to the important truth that Messiah will also be the Son of God. The prayer, however, refers to Jesus as Thy Holy Child, Jesus. The word for child is pais, meaning servant. It's really Thy Holy Servant, Jesus, whom Thou hast anointed, Christ or Messiah. From Psalm 2, verse 2 linking what had been done with Isaiah's servant prophecies. But what had been done, though did done because of envy, was still by God's determinate counsel, as we've seen in Acts 2 verse 23. The prayer continued with the request, not for safety and protection, but that with all boldness they may speak thy word. The answer to their prayer was immediate. The place where they were assembled was shaken, probably an earthquake. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spake, the word is translated as prophesied, in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3, they spake the word of God with boldness. Here was a remarkable testimony to the truth of Isaiah's words. And it shall come to pass, that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. From Isaiah 65, verse 24. Though the fullness of those words is, of course, still in the future. The same boldness to speak the word is seen in Paul, in Apollos, and in the deacons, in 1 Timothy 3, verse 13. Acts chapter 4, verse 32 to 37, the Apostles' Fellowship. The unique fellowship mentioned earlier in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, was repeated. A generous spirit prevailed in appreciation of the blessing given of salvation in the name. A blessing we have also been given, and to which we should respond similarly wherever there is a need. A niggardly person, however, does not reveal an appreciation of the love of God in Christ Jesus, but an evil eye as is pointed out in Proverbs 28, verse 22, and by the Lord in Matthew 6, verse 23. 
With great power the disciples witnessed to the resurrection. Their power was in the Spirit-given word, for the Spirit is a teacher of righteousness, as we've read in Joel 2, verse 23. Great grace, the word charis, favour, was upon them all. Despite their threatening, the problem was getting worse, not better. The priests were dismayed. Something had to be done. But what? None lacked among the disciples. The apostle made distribution as each had need. Obviously it was the excess that each had above daily need that was sold. The Jerusalem disciples did not sell their homes where they lived, chapter 12, verse 12, but sale and distribution of their possessions at Pentecost had set a pattern. The distribution has a precedent in the distribution of the manna in the wilderness, which Paul talks about in the 2nd of Corinthians chapter 8, verses 8 to 15. So Paul says, Paul, distribute to the necessity of saints, in Romans 12, verse 13. A particular example was to be seen in Barnabas. He was well named the son of consolation, as we will find in chapter 9. Barnabas was a Levite of Cyprus who sold land and brought the money to the disciples. How strange! The God of Israel was a Levite's inheritance. He did not own land in Israel under the law, much less in Cyprus. But this incident is given here as a foil against which to see, with better perspective, the deceit of Ananias and Sapphira. Mm -hmm.